The sponsor for today's episode is Gravity Fit. Gravity Fit is a great feedback device, and they're helping to fill the white space between knowing what is happening in your golf swing and actually making a change. As motor learning and effective practice is heating up, Gravity Fit is making equipment and instructional content that fits squarely into this space by providing real-time feedback on posture and movement quality. PGA Tour winner Cameron Smith is a huge advocate for their products, using them for anything from gym work to pre-round warm-up to hitting full shots on the range. Cam realizes the importance of being provided with consistent feedback on his posture and movement, simply going through his usual routines or really trying to make a technical change. Cam knows there's a strong relationship between his body moving right and his ball striking and gravity fit is a key part of ensuring that he is on the right track. The feedback that Gravity Fit really gives is fantastic. Check out how it works. The best thing that you can do is watch a video. We have one over on our site, golfsciencelive.com slash gravity fit. We have a bunch of videos there. You can head over to gravityfit.com to learn more. They have an article on there so you can see how Cam incorporates Gravity Fit into his prep. You are listening to the Golf Science Lab podcast. My name is Cordy Walker, and I'm on a mission to figure out how to improve the way that we learn and get better at golf. I've been able to travel all over the world talking with leaders in the industry, from instructors to researchers to golfers themselves, learning how they're getting better at golf and what that means for you. Hey, everybody. Welcome down to this week's podcast. If you enjoyed last week's show, this is the second recording from that trip. Just a, a few weeks ago, I took a trip down to Mobile, Alabama, Panama City Beach. Today, we are sitting down in Panama City Beach after a dew sweeper golf camp. We have on Zach Suker, myself, Tony Ruggiero, and Mark Wood, a few others sitting around a table. Zach is on the PGA Tour. If you haven't seen his name in a while, it's because he hasn't played any golf in, in quite a while. He took 13 months where he played zero golf, zero golf swings, had surgery, this kept him completely out, and he is back now. He's preparing for the 2019 season. I love this career path. He, you know, he started on the Hooters Tour from 2010 to 2012. Web.com Tour after that won his first event in 2014 and then played well enough to get his PGA Tour card. Now he's on the journey to keep that card and get back to playing some amazing golf. It's fun to sit down and talk about what he's going to do, what his plan is, and then dive back a little bit, hear about his story and how he developed skill to reach the PGA Tour. Just last week, we released a new type of education experience for us here at the Golf Science Lab. It's a teaching workshop with Tony Ruggiero. So if you're interested to see how he teaches, how he develops junior golfers and gets real results of players getting better, performing at the highest level, you can now check it out. We filmed two lessons from start to finish, so you can watch his entire approach. And then we sat down and talked about the strategies and principles that have helped him succeed. It's a really unique experience. It's like you head down for the day to Mobile in his teaching studio and hang out and see what he's doing and then talk about why. Make sure to check this out at golfsciencelive.com slash Tony to get all the details. All right, so you join us on the back deck at the Sheraton Bay Point Resort, which is a second home for the Dew Sweepers. They have an academy down there, so Tony and, and the guys are down there often. So after dinner, we brought out the mics, had a great conversation. Let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome down to Bay Point Resort. This is the after podcast, which means it's after dinner, after a long day of teaching. We're sitting around a table in complete darkness, and uh, we're going to talk a little golf. 
We have Zach Sucker here with us. We have Tony. We have Mark Wood, who you have enjoyed on previous podcasts. <laughs> Look at Woody. I wish everybody had a picture of this. He's cradling the mic. He's got his old man glasses on the end of his nose. Couldn't be any better. No, no. So the question I was asking you earlier is, is just talking about a conversation of how did you get good, right? When you think back to your junior days or you think back to that stage, how did you get good? It's a good question. I think the, uh, I think the best thing I did growing up was playing chipping games with my roommate in college. And we played them at the golf course. We played them at our apartment, which had more dings in the walls, more dimple marks in the walls of our, of our apartment than you can imagine. But I think we were always chipping. We were always doing little stuff, golf, trying to hit little spinners, trying to hit flop shots. We did the dumbest shots over the couch you can imagine. But I think just working on our hand-eye coordination on chipping, hitting different shots was the best thing I did probably in college. It's probably made the biggest jump in my short game. Interesting. It's funny because when we were chatting with Michael the other day, he was saying that the biggest thing was just money games constantly that he was playing was his biggest thing. Competing. Yeah. Super common. You hear that all the time, right? I think so, yeah. I mean, uh, I haven't had anybody chip over couches tell me that. but We were flop-shotting off of, off of tight carpet. It was awesome. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I mean, I look back to my college. I wasn't near as good as these guys. But just playing, I was talking to somebody today and saying all I did, you know, we didn't have a practice facility, so all we did was play golf every day. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. Playing every day and competing is good. You know, I mean, the only time I ever really hit balls, like I was looking back at my freshman year today because I was teaching with Woody, was we didn't really have a practice facility. So when I flew down that time and worked with you at Ennisbrook, hit balls for two days. But, like, I really didn't hit balls and practice a whole lot that way. I mean, most of the time my practice was trying to do whatever Mark had told me to do and then play golf, just going to play golf. Because, I mean, we didn't have many practice facilities back then like they do now. Yeah. So after college, then you gradually progressed, right? You went through mini tours and web.com and whatever. How did you keep getting better? I don't know. I think every step of the way I found that I wasn't good enough. Or when I made every jump I made, I found I got to get better. Uh, When I was in high school, I thought I was really good. I got to college and I was like, oh man, these guys are amazing. I can't, I got to struggle to make the five man on the team. Worked my way up to getting that, made it to professional golf and got out in the Hooters tour in one of the first events and was like these guys are incredible everybody's shooting 20 under every week and um, I think just always every step of the way just trying to you know playing with better people and trying to get better along the way like I never was never happy with where I was at for very long so why do you think that you got better when other people I'm sure just they stay the same level and then they fell off and they're not playing golf anymore I don't know <laughs> I don't know i, I I loved golf. Yeah, go for it. I got the answer. So I spent no, I spent the day with him on the golf course, and it was incredible. What's amazing is their the the competitive nature that they have inside. They do not want to lose, and it didn't matter what level. Did in high school, college, it didn't matter. Didn't want to lose. Yeah. I mean, and hey, I got buddies, and it's great if they play good, but not at my expense. And that's what we said today yeah, on the golf course. Absolutely. Right? And, yeah. and, and look, I mean, I think guys that are that talented, obviously they work their butt off. They didn't want to lose. So they had to figure out how to win. Some of them figured out. 
Some of them are, are, are willing to work hard enough to figure it out. Some of them aren't. And the ones that aren't, as Tony said, sell insurance. <laughs> no, <laughs> no pun intended. No pun intended. I mean, Woody didn't figure it out. He figured out how to sell insurance. Right. No <laughs> pun intended. You, you need a home quote. <laughs> but, but, and, and help with your slice. And help with your slice. I mean, uh, but, yeah, I, there's no question. That's He's uber competitive in everything oh he God. does. Everything he does. I mean, you know? Blaine and Junior, we were playing with junior golfers today. I mean, there was competition. We were trying, no question. So I, I'm going to tell Zach. <laughs> he didn't want to lose. I didn't want to lose. There was no question. So and I'm the a, kids didn't want to lose. So I'm going to tell a Zach Sucre story here. This is from the tour. He probably didn't even realize I did this. So, like, I, I have I have a guy, Peter Sanders. You know he was what he do stats for my tour guys, and I get right? the reports. Yep. So I keep getting these reports week in, week out that Zach's chipping's terrible. Right, and I'd send it to him, and he'd say, "I just got a bunch of bad lies." I mean, every week I got a bunch of bad lies, short-sighted myself. I'm like, "Man, this is six weeks in a row." I mean, it can't be that bad a run of luck, right? It was a bad run. No, it, it wasn't. Was it was bad. not right. Truth be told, it was bad run. It was a bad run. Bad run, right? So I had like forty bunker shots in a row. I couldn't hit the green. Zach, that's not it, right. So I'm like, like you know, I'm like, I got it. So I said to him, I'd be like, you know, when you, I'd go out to an event. And I'd work with him, and I'd go, let's go to the short game area. And he'd eat t- 10 chips, and he was bored. He, I wasn't getting anywhere. So I was like, comes up to like Palm Springs, and I'm like, I got to figure something out to get him to do it. So I said, hey, let's play a game. He's like, all right, I'm in. And I said, I'm going to randomly scatter three golf balls every other hole. So we're going to do it nine times. You're going to hit 27 chips. You got to get, if you get two out of every three, average two out of every three, I'll pay you five bucks for each hole. But for every ball under two out of three average, you pay me five bucks. He's like, I'm in. And we did that for two or three events. And he was keeping track, even when I wasn't there, how much money I owed him or how much money he owed. And all of a sudden, I started getting these stats report cards. You owe and, me money. And, and, but yeah, but I was getting the stats. I was getting, <laughs> the, right. I was getting the stats, yeah. Peter. And he's like, hey, Zach must be really working on his shipping. I mean, I don't know. This thing just cost me eighty four dollars. You know, it's like shit. You know, I mean, I but then I was like, well, I mean, his chipping could suck again for a week. But, but like, but it worked. But like going to the you know competitive nature. I mean, you're like, got to find a way to get this guy to chip. So 100%. I was like, going to turn it in. But and and he didn't even realize that I was forcing him to practice chipping. Right. Which he wouldn't have done if I'd asked him to. Yeah. So what changed? You obviously got better and you improved your stats. So it worked. What's the before and after? Were you doing anything before? I probably wasn't chipping as much as I should be. I, on the course, I wasn't. Um, no, I think it. Um, you know, we travel each week. That's one of the hardest things. I think is getting a feel for like the different grass, different lies, different greens, everything. And so it forced me every week to do it a bunch. My caddy did it every hole, every hole we played. If it was slow, we did it two or three times a hole. And you're throwing them in hard spots, a couple of easy spots. So we're getting you know really good work in with something on the line, with, with pressure that, um, yeah, it, it worked out really well. It was good. It's just effective practice. Absolutely. Yeah, something that worked. So continue the conversation. What does it take? So you, you're going to go back this year, right? This season you're, you're headed back. You have web.com starts first and then? Do, do rehab starts first and then um, I have six guaranteed PGA after that and I'll play on the web.com when I'm not in, in a PGA event. So in your mind, what is it going to take for you to go out there and, and just kill it so you lock up your card um, and you, you nail those events? I'm pretty excited going forward. It's the first time I can remember. I got more. I had a lot of work to do, but 
it's the first time I can remember where I'm fairly pain free while I'm playing golf, which is awesome. Um, I kind of got into a rut there for probably a year where I wasn't playing how I wanted to. And so that was, you know, difficult playing for that long without being happy with where my game's at. And so I'm, I'm re-energized. So I'm excited to get out there and just, uh, yeah, this is the longest I've ever taken without playing golf. So I can't, I can't wait to get back to play, playing competitively again. So I got to, you know, work on the short game, little stuff that I haven't done. I took 13 months off of golf where I did, I did putt a good bit, but um, didn't chip much, didn't hit any balls. And um, so I had to get some flexibility back, a little strength back. And, and uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be ready in January. Yeah. What does the training look like? How are you going to get those skills back? Because that, that sounds really, it sounds like a challenge. Yeah, it's been, it's gone, it's gone really fast the last, last month. I haven't been able to play. I wasn't, a month ago, I could hardly, I could hardly swing a golf club. And um, I couldn't do it for more than about an hour without being ridiculously tired. So it's been, it's gone quickly the last, the last month, but I still have a lot um, lower back, my, my hips. Um, they're not, they're not where they should be. They're not where they were a few years ago. And um, so, yeah, I think with the physical therapist and, and um, some strength and conditioning stuff, I can get, get there hopefully pretty quick. Tony, how do you get someone back ready to compete at that, at that level? Like, what are some of the things that you do? Well, I think he'll be ready to compete because he's a competitor and he misses it. I think the biggest thing is Woody and I, were, we were talking and talking with Zach earlier. Like, I think the biggest thing isn't like his golf swing mechanics, but getting his body ready and able to do it, his hips and mobility and flexibility and all that. So we talked about maybe making a couple-day trip down to Jupiter to work a little bit and see Colby Touye of fitness guy that Woody and I have used a lot and know real well that works with a bunch of good players and do some of that I mean I I mean Woody you can answer this well I mean you spent the whole day with him but I think I don't think we've spent some time in the dome in Mobile three times as he's like he was really good like right before he really started hitting any shots at all he came to work so that he didn't start out off the on the wrong foot um, no pun intended, but he. Uh, um, yeah, since I have a bad one. Yeah, because he doesn't want to sell insurance. No pun intended, but he, he uh, you know, so like to me, is swing mechanics. Some of them are as good as they've been in forever. It's just improving his body and being so that he can do it at the speed and the amount that he needs to do it. So I think it will probably really start there. How much are you going to pull on your your experience? Because you obviously, you know that you had the skill to advance through, right? From the mini tour to the web to the PGA. How much do you look back on those experiences and say, like, um, I, I can, this is this is part of my journey? Yeah, I, I mean, I think golf's full of full of ups and downs. And um, I'm, I'm so excited to play again. I'm, you know, I think it's going to be very a very new feeling to get out there. So I don't know how much I'm going to use on what I've done in the past. Um, I feel like I haven't played golf in forever. I don't think I've thinking back to when I was 10 years old, I don't know if I've ever taken off more than two weeks at a time. And so I don't, um, yeah, this is going to be completely new for me. Yeah. What, what did you see today? Woody? I'm curious. You spent the day out on the course with him and you talk about that competitive side. What, what other things, you know, it, it was fun. It was fun to watch because I, I've always thought that, that it's advantageous for the player to have to explain what they're trying to do. And then their showmen, they want to do it, right? They don't want to say, hey, I'd like to take it off, you know, the right edge of that left bunker and, and move it back to the right in the fairway and then hit a double cross and have the ball go in the trees. I mean, they don't want to do that. So it's good, it's good practice for them 
for them to have to call the shot and then execute it. And then it's good for me. I mean, so what I would do is I he would basically call the shot and I'd just stand back behind with, with, the, with the kids and say, okay, now how's he's aimed? Do you like where he's set up? Yeah, no, that's right at that bunker or that's right at that right edge of that bunker. That's right. And then he'd hit it and it, where that ball, that ball started right where he was looking. All right. So that's a great sign, right? Because that's what you're looking for as a, as a golfer is that do I get set up and does the ball come out where I'm looking? And if it comes out where I'm looking and it can curve the way I want it to curve, then he's got control. At that point, then it, it's a matter of you keep doing the same things time and time again to where his body can handle the pressure because we're in a golf cart today. We weren't walking. So it's a big deal. He's going to have to start walking. I mean, so four days at tournament golf walking and add the two days of practice. Now that's six days of tournament days walking. I mean, is he ready for that? At this point, he would tell you no, but is excited about it. I mean, he, he's chomping at the bit. So, I mean, it, I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. What are the next... How many months is this going to be? What is three, it's October? Probably three, three and a half more months. Three and a half like more that. months. What what does that look like? What's the plan? Um, plans to get back Monday. Get working on the hip, just the left side flexibility and strength that I need. And then um, right now I'm just trying to play a bunch of golf to see you know every every week push it a little more until I'm back to where I can play for a month straight without without any pain. I shouldn't you know. I'm ready to be... Uh, shouldn't have any pain. Shouldn't have any pain. I'm ready to play for a round of golf where I don't walk off and be like, gosh, my feet hurt, my left leg hurts, my back hurts. Like, I'm, you know, I'm ready to play comfortable golf again. <laughs> and what do you look for, of like, for your game so you're like, I got it, I'm ready? Like, there's the pain, obviously, but is there anything else that you're looking for of, like, I checked that box, then I'm good to go? I, the missing left. Like, I used to never miss left. And I've gone for a couple of years now where my miss has been left. And it's all, it was all that I couldn't get to my left side. I would never rotate enough, get it out of the way to swing left. And so yeah, I'm ready for that side to be strong enough to where I'm back to where I just overcut the ball. That's, that's what I want. When I, get, when I have that, I'll, I'll play some good golf. How long have you guys worked together? I guess I don't so, even know your guys' so story. We, we, I watched Zach. Gave it, so this is a funny story. So <laughs> this is pretty good. What do you like this? So I gave it. Do we need the mics on or off? No, this is good. This is totally clean. So <laughs> I gave Zach lessons when he was on the. Yeah, uh, that was a beer refresh. And that I, when he was on the on the Hooters tour first, I think I gave you right, some, right gave, before my first web.com. Right before his yeah. first web.com. In fact, he came down to one of the junior camps we did at Gulf Shores. Do you remember that at Craft Farms? Absolutely. Okay. So, and Zach went out anyway, so I gave him, I worked with him some then, and he went on the web, and I, I saw him a couple times when he was home in Mobile, and then he gets his, I don't I don't hear from him for months. I mean, I'm talking like a year. He gets his PGA Tour good, card. probably eight months. It was nothing. Now, I get his PGA Tour card. I don't hear from him. I'm assuming he's moved on working with somebody else. I don't hear from him. Gets his PGA Tour card. He goes to like four, five, six events, and I get a call from a guy that says, hey, congratulations on Zach. And I was like. I, you talk, I didn't do anything. Go if you go to the website, he lists you as an instructor. <laughs> and I said, "Good to know." And I said, "I well, I, I hadn't given Jack a lesson almost a year." So I go on the website. I'm there in the golf shop at Mobile at the Country Club, and I go in there and I look on his bio, and it says instructor Tony Ruggiero. And I'm like, I, so I text him because I think he's working with somebody else. And knowing Zach, like where he may not be totally organized and up to date on stuff, right? Maybe. <laughs> I call. I, I text Zach. 
And I said, hey, give me a call. And he was in Vegas. You were playing Vegas. And I said, uh, just give me a call sometime you get a chance. Just catch up. He, so he gives me a call. And he's like, what's up? And I was like, hey, man, I'm just giving you a heads up. The tour website's got me list your structure. Like, whoever you're working <laughs> with is going to get pissed off. If they see that, you need to change it. And he goes, oh, no, you're the last lesson I took, and I've been meaning to call you. I haven't made I've missed the last three cuts. You coming out anytime soon? <laughs> and that's how we started working back regularly. Like, I was just listed on the website, and he's like, no, I mean, I haven't taken a lesson since then. Everything's been kind of rolling along pretty good. Everything's been good. <laughs> so how long was that? So you, you got a lesson, and then you were just working out there on your own? It was pretty much my my, <laughs> my first full web year. Yeah? I mean, I I played really well. I, I, I probably made a lot more dumb mistakes than I'd like to admit, but I played I played great. Like, I was I made a ton of cuts, had a lot of top tens, was never – Never very far off what I wanted to be, and I, so I, it's like I never, I, I didn't take many lessons before. I was like, this is great. I don't need a lesson. I'm playing good. <laughs> so you, did you have much instruction growing up in your in your like junior days or when you were developing or? Not much. I had a little bit. It was always, um, I'd always take one, and then it would be. I had, I mean, I had, I had hardly any till college. Probably three or four until I got to college, and then I had more. But it was still, you know, a couple a year maybe at most. I never, I never took very many lessons, and so. Um, the last time I did was Tony, I was, it worked until then, so I was just rolling along. You guys both agreed with that statement. What does that mean? That's why he's good. He's taking two lessons a year. I mean, I think he does. You know, I think the one thing I'd say about Zach is that he knows when he's playing good what he does, and he, he really doesn't care what anybody around him is doing as far as hitting the golf ball. He knows that his ball's a cut, knows what he needs to do to play well, and he just had an ability to keep doing it over and over and over, and and manage it and play well. And then when he got into trouble was when it started not doing that and he couldn't figure out why. And we helped him figure out why. Now, a big part of his inability to sustain doing it, I think, was physical, right? So, Absolutely. Um, because it's slow speeds or weeks when he felt good, he was able to do it really good. And he had weeks that he did it really good. In San Antonio one time and in Memphis one time, he had it going pretty good and didn't finish it off. But, like, you couldn't sustain it, which you've got to be able to do to keep your card. So I think it was more physical. But, you know, he – shoot, he when his, when he's playing good, he's, his good is really, really good. Hey, appreciate you tuning in, listening to this episode of the podcast. How cool is it to sit down and listen in onto this conversation? So good. If you enjoy this, please subscribe to the podcast. So many ways to do it. Apple Podcasts, we are there. Spotify, if you listen there, you can find the podcast. We have an Amazon Alexa skill that you can go download, ask it questions, and listen to the latest podcasts. So you can keep track of all this education and this content that we're working on getting to you. And if you are not on the email list, not a Golf Science Live insider, make sure to do that so you get all the details first. You don't miss any of these exclusive videos, snippets, things like that. Head over to golfsciencelive.com slash insider. Hop onto that list so that you can consistently improve a little bit every day with some of our unique insights and education. All right, let's get back to it. So I was doing this interview with Hal Sutton, asking the same kind of questions of how did you get good and how did you develop skill? And, and his biggest thing was that once he, he figured it out on his own pretty much, so he made a tour. And then when he got out there, he was like, I just started listening to everybody. I had all these opinions and I just, that's when he had the big slump in his career. And I thought that was fascinating. And just, it's exactly what you said is you got to know what you're doing and you got to know what your plan is. I don't is think Zach's ever been a big 
I don't mean this bad listener. Like, I mean, like he's not one to get out there and ask for a bunch of advice or anything like that. Like, <laughs> he's not like a guy you worry about going out there and he starts hearing a bunch of people asking. Him. It's just not his nature. So, like, when you're teaching him and working with him, I mean, he's not one to do that, which I think is good for him. I mean, I think that's good. So, like, I think when he gets playing good streaks, that's why he – like you look at his web career and his college career, like when he hits good streaks, he plays good for really long stretches of time because he doesn't really listen to anything or he doesn't question anything. He just kind of goes and does it. How do you how do you figure it out on your? Because a lot of people can't can't they don't have the patience, they don't have the mindset to be patient and figure it out and and do it on their own. They always go asking for a fix. How do you do that? I, I don't think unless unless I can figure out like I I love seeing Tony. He gives me stuff to work on. I trust that what he's given me is the right thing. A lot of the stuff he says, I can't really feel. I don't really understand it. I, I agree. Like, like man, I he's feel. perfect. <laughs> no, I don't I, understand it, can't feel it, man. That must be good stuff. <laughs> no, I, like, wow, you've just built my teaching business. Right. <laughs> Come see me. Two hundred dollars. You can leave more screwed up than you were when you got here. <laughs> Trust me, you won't understand a thing, but it's I got, good. I got three <laughs> ex-wives that say the same thing. It's okay. <laughs> hey, understood less than when we started? Uh, <laughs> confused now? Wait till you come see me. <laughs> Way to go, Zach. Is it thedewsweeper.com? No, no, he'll say something, and I, like, I trust that it's right. And, but I've, I've got to figure out like how to down. do it. I've got to figure out how to do it to where I can feel it. What he's saying, like we worked. I mean, how long did we work on getting to my right side a little bit better? And I'm still not there. We worked on it forever. It's pretty good though. Now it's getting better. I finally, like, I can finally feel for for three months. All I did was get there and then go underneath and hit snap hooks. That wasn't very good. But it, but like, it was the right thing. <laughs> This is, he's a great teacher. We're not really going to ever play this podcast, are we? No, it, it, was, it, was the, it was perfect advice. Woody, I had to have you met out. your new student? Is this my own Golly. I, I had to figure out how to, how to feel what was right. And until I could feel like it was right, I, I wasn't going to be able to trust it anyway for myself. And so... But once I once I could feel it, it was really easy to repeat. I could do it over and over again. It was guided, and I liked it. It guided discovery. Yeah, you got to take he ownership. Exactly. He right. had to discover it. He yeah. has to own it. Right. No matter exactly what Tony right. said, he doesn't. Even own if it. he didn't understand it, exactly. And right. It didn't make any sense. Exactly I'm not right. technical. You can't say much in golf. I don't. But I, I mean, I'm it. obviously not very technical. Right. I don't. So self discovery is big for you then. Like right. I, I kind mean, of I, finding your way. Yeah, I've got to. I've got to feel what. What I'm doing, and there's no way I'm going to do it. In a he tournament. has to own it. Did you do that it's growing his. up as well? A hundred percent. I mean, I didn't have any. I had hardly any lessons. Um, I think until college, I think I saw this guy at Timberline, Ron Gring. I think I saw him twice, and that was the only two lessons I ever had until I was in college. And um, how'd you figure it out then? If if you started as a junior, right? Like you, I don't know what your patterns are. But so right. you hit a big slice, right? Or you start hooking it. Like how did you figure it out? I mean, I just played. A ton of golf. I got to where I, you know, I tinkered with things here and there until I found what felt right, and you know it wasn't always perfect, but I found what I could do that that worked better for me. It wasn't like, I mean, I went from huge hooks in high school to to playing a fade now, so I've changed a bunch, but it's always been what I felt like I could control the best. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes a lot of sense how he's grown so much is that element of that mindset to do that, right, 100%. Mark? I mean, that's like. That's gold right there, what he just said. Right. 
So he, you know, he figured it out. I, I did what I could do the best. And then I figured out how to beat everybody with that. I mean, how many people never do that, though? They want to try to do what somebody else does the best. I mean, how many good players? How many they want to junior play like players? Other people. How many junior players or college players or mini tour players you teach that are like, you know, I want to do but so and so and I want to draw it like so and so or, or whatever. I mean, and they're too busy trying to think they got to be like somebody else that they know that's really good instead of just figuring out what they can do and do every time. I mean, this is for Greg over here. He's off mic, but we always want to compare ourselves. And then that adds tension and, you know, that's not good for our, our growth. How did you avoid that? Were you able to avoid that? Greg that, doesn't have any tension yeah, right now. Just he's so out. You know. He's not even replying. He didn't even look up. Greg's in <laughs> the tension-free zone right yeah. now. <laughs> I mean, there. Growing up, there are obviously players that I, that I'd love to hit it like. Like, give me. I want Tony Finau's distance with his backswing. Like, it looks so easy. There's other. I mean, there's always golfers that you're going to want to hit it like. But like, there's so many different swings. I don't really. I don't really care. At the end of the day if I hit it 350 or 280. Like, I want to do what I can do repeatedly the easiest that's going to be the lowest score for me at the end of the day. And that's... It's golf. Swinging, swinging under control and having a good short game. That's the best mindset possible. How many people come to you and say, like, I got to hit this farther. I was out playing with so-and-so and no, I mean, got to start. All of us. I think most of us, most people. And Zach, he's a little bit full of it. He wants to hit it further, too. But, of course, yeah, but I don't want to. I don't want to like. I don't want to hit it more crooked. I just want to hit it further. With he wants to hit it further straight. and straight. That's so, right. Yeah, he's that's so right. different than everybody. <laughs> that's odd to hear. That's odd. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, but like we've talked about, he owns. He owns. He knows what he wants to do, and so I mean, from a teacher, like it's e- not e- easy, to, but it's easy to teach in that he tells you what he wants you to do what he wants the ball to do and you just got to help him figure it out and then he's got to learn how to feel it and develop its own but like you're not having to like come up with what he needs to do he i mean when he comes when he came to me he's like hey this is what my ball does when i play good why isn't it doing it what can we do to get it back to that so like in some respects to me that's easier you know do you think that like that this idea that we've kind of talked about of ownership and self-discovery kind of in your mind, does that make sense of like, yeah, this is this is how I got good? Uh, I mean, a little bit, yeah, absolutely. I like the competitive like, aspect yeah. better. That that yeah. I like. I mean, I really I hate losing. No, no I hate question. It. I hate it. <laughs> so how do you guys? We're we're down here at the junior camp, obviously. How do you help these young guys understand that these are some of the the variables that are super important if they want to keep getting better, if they want to develop. Lead athlete. How do you do that? Ask Zach that question. We, we played in the first group today. Kids were stuck. Asking. They were super excited about playing. I mean, they're playing with a PGA Tour player, as they should be. Okay, And we go out and play, and then Zach stops them and asks them the questions. The first question that I had was, what do they shoot? Because they are they were so talented, it's ridiculous. Um, they were out hitting me by 30 yards. Their short games looked great. Um, <laughs> putted pretty good. Putted pretty good. Everything looked good. I mean, I'm like, what do you guys shoot? You're all in high school. Like, these are mid-60 players, right? It was like 75, 76. And I, I mean, I'm blown away that that those guys aren't shooting consistent. Like, they should never shoot above par. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's just fine-tuning small things, but, like, 
I, I'd love to play more of them because, I mean, they're, they're unbelievably, they're so much better than I was at that age. It's incredible. How, how do you develop those those playing skills, right? Like, that, they have, they obviously, they have the, the golf swing, they have the talent. It's that, that other side, which is really the part that's going to take someone. Yeah, I mean, just being smart enough to, to pick, like, what's their, what are the odds? What are, the, what are their best odds to play good? I mean, repeatedly we saw poor clubs off the tee, missing in the wrong spot, hitting, being too aggressive from the trees when you don't have to be. I mean, I think it's just, I don't know if it's just laying enough. I mean, I, I didn't have it when I was that age either. But, yeah, they, I, I think it's just, you know, playing enough golf with, I don't know if it's with better people. I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I, think I wasn't that good. For sure it's playing with better people, right? Because now they're playing with somebody that is doing what they aspire to do. And they're like, well, damn, I, I mean, I, I can hit it just as far as him, maybe farther. I pitch it pretty good, but he's. He, 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 we played four holes. He beat me by five. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> why? Well, because you don't know how to play. You know how to hit shots. You don't know how to play. So now they can now ask someone that they respect, why would you do that? Oh, because you got. You, you can't make a seven from here. You can hit it over here and chip it over here. Worst case scenario, you're gonna make a five. Uh, and it was. It's invaluable. One kid hit it. So in jail over the green, it was a joke. I mean, in jail. And he had such a hard shot. So I took, we, we took everybody back there. So how would you play it? Well, the first thing is, is if you're going to play this shot, you can't hit it up in that tree. So I can hit it under that tree, and I'm hoping it'll bounce on the green. And so he asked the kids, remember, we asked, we asked Perloff, so how many times do you think you get this ball up and down out of 100? Oh, 25. <laughs> <laughs> Not a living chance. Twenty-five on the 25. green. Twenty-five on the green would be impressive. Like, right. <laughs> I'm gonna get twenty-five up and down. He said, "Well, you can't get you can't get it within twenty feet twenty-five times." <laughs> you know. So well, do the math. <laughs> so they they just don't know yet. They just don't know, and that which is invaluable. I mean, because you don't learn that on the practice tee. Oh, yeah. You learn that on the golf course. I mean, that's what's so interesting about this conversation is you watch those guys. Like you said, every one of those kids, they look they were, like they're going to they so shoot good. 65 every time. But how many of them are going to play on the web or the PGA Tour? And it's that... Who knows? It's that... Who knows? You know, that journey of, like, what separates those people, which I think is so fascinating. Like, I always say this, and I don't know if Woody will agree, but, like, I... Parents will ask me how good their kid can be. I, I don't think you ever know when a kid's going to figure it out or when they're going to get it. And, I mean, the PGA Tour's got – Zach's played with them, and there's a bunch of guys that weren't that great at juniors and were not really good college players, average college players on a not-a-great team, and they still wanted to go play. And then somewhere a couple years after college, they figured it out. And I mean, Zach Johnson wasn't a world beater in college, and all of us sitting here – would probably take Zach's career and bank account right now. Maybe not Woody because insurance is smoking. Right. But, <laughs> but, 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 I mean, you know, he. I use him as an example all the time. I mean, he went to a small school. Drake was, what, the third, fourth, fifth guy at Drake? Right. I mean, gets out and he, you know, I mean, like he figured it out. And I think that, like, if you're competitive like Zach and you obviously have skill and ability – 
and you have some guidance. I mean, I think you could anybody can figure it out, and you don't want to take. I never want to be the person that tells a kid or a person that they can't do it or they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to do it. You know, I've heard teachers say that if a kid can't hit it 300 something that that they shouldn't even try they don't have a chance i just don't know why you would tell somebody to not take a chance on their dream because you know what they may be the one that figures it out right so what would you pass on to those kids then to help them obviously they're when you look at them it's it's amazing what what do you pass on to them i I think don't listen to Tony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you left confused, just, from, just if you left confused from Tony, you're normal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he's right about the not the not giving up. It is. There's no telling when you're gonna figure out. There's been guys that I thought there's that were unbelievable in high school and college that I'm like, there's no way they don't make it to the PGA Tour. That were, you know never even tried to make it professionally. And um, I think the biggest the biggest advice I'd give to anybody and high school, anybody in college, is enjoy playing golf, period. And and have fun in in playing the competitive aspect of it. We had at UAB I, I really enjoyed our team. We had a bunch of great guys. There were only three guys on the team that I think enjoyed playing golf. And the rest of them would hit range balls. They'd do their one, two hours a day. They'd go home and that was it. And like the guys that enjoyed playing golf that would play 18 with me every day plus they all got better. The other ones you weren't, you didn't know about. And um, I think that would be the biggest part is enjoy playing golf, having fun and, and being competitive with other guys. Yeah, it's a mindset shift because how many juniors are out there treating it like a job already? Is that the kid Is that the kid or the parent? That's a great question. Doc? It's He's off Bingo, hours. right? <laughs> I mean, is it the kid or the parent? Sometimes you don't know, right? But a lot of times the kids are doing it for the parent. They're not doing it for themselves. What was your what was your parents' influence on your? My dad loved golf. He still plays every day, every single day. He's retired now, but when he didn't, I mean, his routine to watch me play golf and when he traveled in junior golf, came to a lot of college events, a lot of professional events. If I played in the afternoon, he played 18 in the morning and came and watched me. If I played in the morning, he played in the afternoon, 18, and so he plays every day. every day and. He would have got me any lessons I wanted in high school. I didn't ever ask for any lessons. All I wanted to do was play golf. I enjoyed playing golf. So we played every day. And that was about it. If I wanted to play, you know, he would have done anything, anything for me to be better at golf. But it was more about like, hey, do you, do you enjoy it? Is this what you want to do? Is this? He, we, had, we had decisions to make. I love sports. We had decisions to make. It's one of the best things he told me in uh, freshman year of high school he said you cannot play five sports like you're gonna have to start picking some and he's like pick pick two and so I decided I wasn't gonna play football I quit baseball I quit a couple other things I decided on basketball and golf they were opposite seasons and so literally I played the whole year and that was that was about it I he was you know just there to play 18 with whenever whenever so it was your dad just supported you exactly right Exactly right. It was more about like, I mean, he he's a good golfer. He's not a great golfer, but he's, you know, he's always been single-digit handicap as long as I can remember. And um, he was just, you know, play golf if you want. If you like it, let's work on getting better. He has a different temperament on the course than you do. Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> I learned some things not to do as well. <laughs> I mean, that sounds, you want a supportive parent, right? I mean, isn't that a... Yeah, especially in golf can't make a kid play golf 
other sports, not that you'd make a kid play any sport, but you can bring a kid to other sports and encourage them. Golf, I think kids have to find that on their own, in my experience. And then you got to let them develop on their own as well, because, like Zach was talking about before, you got to find all those things on your own, even with teachers. He can tell you all you want, but you got to figure that out on your own. Otherwise, it's not going to be authentic. So you felt like he was kind of a, he was a catalyst then, and he kind of got you on the path, but then let you do your own your own thing. Yeah, I mean, even even from when I first started playing golf, <laughs> when I first started, I was probably between like the age of five and ten. I'd go out and I'd play. We played nine. I'd play at Mobile Country Club. I'd play the first three. I'd look for golf balls on four, five, six, and seven in the woods and in the hazards, and then I'd play eight, nine. And whatever golf balls I'd find, I'd sell to people at his work. We made like 20 bucks a year, sell hundreds of golf balls. And, but, I, but I enjoyed it. Like it got me into enjoying playing golf. And um, yeah, I mean, I, from there I started to play more for, you know, so I got older, I quit looking for the golf balls as much. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I started in, enjoying just playing. I mean, it sounds like a great environment. You had a, access to a course. You could be out there as much or as little as you wanted I'm guessing. Right. And you had a supportive dad. He didn't make you do anything. Right. You could kind of do that. And you're yeah. super competitive. And you were figuring it out on your yeah, own. had a good group of kids out there to play with, their friends. And, um, yeah, turned into playing seven days a week, six days a week. <laughs> Huge thank you to everyone for sitting down and having this chat, man. This was, this was so cool. It was great to listen in and kind of hear what's going on in this conversation uh, between coaches between tour player and what they're doing to get him to play at his best and kind of his journey to that and how they pass it on to students this was just really really fun conversation make sure to follow zach as he is getting back out there this year i know he has some web.com tour tournaments he has some pga tournaments follow along with his journey stay up to date and uh yeah cheer him along as he attempts to you know keep his card with these medical starts that he has and i hope that he definitely does that and this is going to be fun to watch uh, i appreciate you guys listening to this podcast and, and joining us for this episode make sure to subscribe stay tuned for everything that we have to come because we will see you next week on the show here this episode was hosted and written by me cordy walker you can follow me on twitter at cordy walker it was edited mixed and produced by just hit publish productions 